Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Father, we, we, uh, we want you to take us where you want us to go. But Lord, I know where you want us to go, to the truth. And the truth is, God, you're, you're all, all worthy. You're awesome. You're amazing. And that awe inspires within us a move. God, I, today I just pray you would take us into awe. You would allow us to see you supernaturally. We're asking that you would lead this time. This is your time. Lord, we want to stay in step with you. I know we'll experience you there. So Lord, for any of us who are out of step with you, I pray we would step back. God, I pray we would speak up. And I pray many of us would step in the gap and we would, we would call, we would pull, we would carry one another back into step with you because there's where blessings found. Father, take us there. Grace us this, this evening together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, our passage has been in Galatians 6. If you got your scripture, I'm going to start there. We're going to talk about one of those words at the end of this passage, Galatians 6. I want to read this. I want to practice something, and then I want to keep going, okay? It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks that he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. Then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Last week, we talked about the reality that Listen to this. The law of Christ is that we would bear one another's burdens. You will fulfill Christ's law if you bear each other's burdens. What is Christ's law? Christ's law is this, that you would love each other as he has loved you. This was he said. This is my command. I'm going to leave with you. Just as I've loved you, I want you to love each other. This is my law. Do you know how we do that? We carry the burdens that others carry. You'll do Jesus if I, if I get into your life and I carry your burden. So here, here it is. Your burdens are stolen property. They belong to me. They, mine belong to you. And if I don't share you my burdens, you can't fulfill the law of Christ. What a wild thought. We need your burdens here. There's no perfect people in this room. But it's so important that we don't carry our burdens alone. That is not what you were made to do. We were made to share those. Here's what I would ask that you do. Would you gather with three or four people and you don't have to talk. You don't have to, okay? Some people are going to break out in hives right now. You don't have to talk, okay? <laughs> but would you gather in, you know, just the people around you. And if you feel so led, I pray that you do feel led because the word tells us to step into this. 
Step into the weird and experience the blessing of God. Don't do what you've done. Do what he says and you will experience freedom that you've never had. I promise you this is the way it works. It's so strange and it's so scary, but jump out the boat. Watch what happens in your life. You have come to a miracle-making place where the spirit of the living God is because his people are here. Now, we're going to pair up groups four and five, something like that, right around you. If you don't want to, you do not have to. You can sit still. I'm not going to demand anything. But I'm asking you, would you step into the weird with me and experience a blessing? If you feel burdened today, I pray that you share that burden. Here's what I don't want anyone in this room to do. Do you know what you need to do? I don't want no, but no. That means you're not spiritual. You who are spiritual, bring restoration, a spirit of gentleness. You're not carrying their burden, so don't pretend you understand how they feel. Be quiet. Pray for them. And watch the spirit of the living God do something really, really special. Okay? Share your burdens one with another. Fulfill the law of Christ. Let's do Jesus today. She came into church. We're not going to listen to sermons. We're going to do a sermon. We're going to do the word. We're not going to talk about the word. Let's do it. And then let's watch the spirit of living God move and do incredible things. Okay? Let's pair up four, five, six. I don't care. 20. I don't care. Pair up with people that you like, that you know, that you trust. Pair up. Say, hey, let's pray together. What's on your mind to pray about? Ready, set, go. All right, guys, we, we about ready? I didn't want to break it up. I guess it's so fun. She's not ready. You guys can keep going if you need. Just say no. Hey, that's, that's what we do in life groups. So if you're not in a life group, get in one. Those people that you met with are probably your people. Uh, so find out what group they're in. Join them during the week. Walk life. Did you know that you're, you're made for that kind of thing? What we just did, you're made for that. You're made for it. And the more you step in and practice, the more you realize you were made for that. You were made to do that and you were made to receive from that. We were made to do life together as community. The chances are, as we read Galatians 6, the reason some of us don't step into that is because we believe that we are something different than what that talks about. Those of you who think you are something when you are nothing, you deceive yourselves. That word is not saying, listen, some of you guys matter and some of you don't. The reality is when we step into Christ, we were buried in his baptism and we passed away. The life we raised, we, we were raised into receiving the blood of Jesus over our lives. So every person here in Christ is nothing apart from him. And the only reason we're something is because we stepped into him and he called us into himself. This is what makes us something. This is our calling to bear others' burdens because he bore ours. Guys, this is what we were made for. You were awakened into Christ to walk his life. But then the next part of this passage says, but let, let, listen, every single one of us, and this is where I'm challenged. You can tell I'm a little bit fiery today, you know, because uh, this is like got me inspired. It's got me looking in the mirror and being like, I don't think this is me a lot. Thank you 
Thank you a lot more, God. Thank you for forgiving me so much more than I thought. And I pray we say that. Those of us who need to say, thank you for forgiving me, or God, move me. Thank you so much for moving me. Whatever it is, we're going to leave in awe today because of what he shows us. Let each one of us, what's each one? Every one of us, right? It literally means all of us. Let every single person in Christ do what? Test his own work. I think a lot of us are testing everybody's work around us, but we haven't looked at all about what we're doing. Does my life, does it look like Jesus? Like is my life producing his life? Because here's what 2 Corinthians 13 says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. There it is again, test And the word literally means to like evaluate the the quality of something. Test yourselves. Don't you realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you? Yo, if Jesus Christ is in you, what's going to be flowing from your life? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. What the heck is the test? Anybody? I believe it's John 15, 5 helps us understand that because here's the test. He says, I'm the vine. Jesus said this, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in them, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If your life doesn't look like Jesus, you need to connect to Jesus. If you connect to Jesus, your life's going to flow and it's going to be producing Jesus' life. It just is. So we, we got to be really honest with each other. And we need to stop lying to ourselves and we need to look at each other and go, you know what? My life doesn't look like Jesus at all. Would you help carry me in this moment to where I need to go? And I've been, I may be stumbled or I've fallen or I'm producing this in my life, but it's not Jesus. What's the issue? Help me discern it. These passages are very clear. Our life has to produce the life of Jesus. If we have in fact connected with him, do we pass that test? Examine ourselves, man. And as we examine ourselves, it can be kind of challenging. The way the early church examined themselves, think about this, they threw feasts. We're about to throw a feast, y'all. And they called them agape feasts and they celebrated the love that they shared with each other and that was produced in their hearts because of their love for God and how much he loved them. But their churches got out of whack and they started doing some crazy stuff. At these love feasts, people started bringing alcohol and they throw ragers. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's like that began to happen. You think the church is jacked up today, y'all? We were throwing ragers back in the day in church, you know? People were sleeping with their dad's wives and ex-husband, whatever. I mean, it was just crazy. And Paul gives them an instruction and he begins to remind them about their love feasts. And so I thought it practical for us as we examine ourselves today, as we think about the life of Christ being produced in our life, I thought what better opportunity for us to experience like this same experience by throwing a feast together And then looking at the word of what Paul said, hey, when you guys get together, I want you to examine, think about this, test yourself in this way. 
And it's in 1 Corinthians 11. He says this, let a person examine himself. Do you guys see the, I mean, this is like all through the New Testament. And I'm talking in every single book, I found it pretty much in the New Testament. Every single writer says, examine yourself, test yourself. And like I said, test means, uh, it means, I wrote, hold on. Take measures to check the quality. The word is a verb. It means you got to move with action. This is on purpose. This isn't by accident. It's a life on purpose. This has to be the rhythm of our life where we look inward and we examine. How do we do that well? Let a person examine himself. So let's examine. Think about this for a second. Does your life, is it producing the life of Jesus? Is it producing his life? Is your life producing Jesus' life? Do you look like him, smell like him, talk like him, move like him? In fact, are people experiencing him because of you? Because this says that's what will happen. Examine yourself now. And so... As we examine ourselves, some of our hearts are broken a little bit because we go, some of us go, man, I'm seeing life change. I'm seeing growth. Then after we examine ourselves, so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself passage right before that he's explaining this feast that we're having and oftentimes you come in with communion and you get the little cracker right and you get the little juice cup but they were throwing feasts to celebrate this and when Jesus they celebrate this feast when Jesus at the end of his life he says hey guys I want you to remember me in this way every time you get together remember my body that was broken for you we're going to break bread today and we're going to remember Jesus he gave up his life And it was meant to be this picture as you eat this meal, all of this stuff gives up its life for you to have life. So when we break bread, like these, these organisms and these living creatures, they die for you to live. In the same way, Jesus dies for you to have life and a different kind of life, a different kind of calling. So when we break bread today, we're gonna, we're gonna contemplate, we're gonna think heavy upon the goodness of God as he gave up his life for us. I'm like spitting everywhere today. In the cup, we're going to drink tonight. Some of y'all, if you brought extra drink, that's fine. Just keep it to yourselves for tonight, okay? They were getting hammered. We're not getting hammered. This, this drink represented Christ's blood. And it was a promise. It was a guarantee. It was a blood promise to you. I'm covering you no matter what. So y'all who are feeling heavy as you examine yourself, guess what covers you? Not your work, his. Now step back into awe because we were once enemies of God, but now we are a friend of God. Thank you. Woo, let's worship. Come on, let's feast. See, we don't stay introspective. We go outward to God. God, you become my object of affection. It's not me. So we go inward to outward. Thank you. Those of you who haven't gone here, you've stayed here, you probably live very sad. You get depressed because you down a fact that you never really measure up to a standard you wish you could achieve. 
You've got to step out of that and be forgiven. But understand why his body was broken and his blood was poured out as a promise. Take it. This will bring healing in your life and growth in your life. That will produce the life of Christ in you. Receive him over your life. As we think about, let's continue. Let's keep reading uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That word discerning is so important. I'm, I think I'm going to unpack this in a series one day. But that word discerning is a really strange word and it's used often. But it's literally like a spatial word to separate items in a space. So it's like if all these things were clumped in this area, I begin to take them in space and I put them where they need to go. So as we discern the body, this passage is massive because there's, I believe, three different elements of what it means body, that word body. I've read this in my past. I'm like, discern the body of Christ. Discern his body, right? That's what you would think. His body was broken for you. His blood was poured out for you. So discern that body. Think about it often. But I believe it's three, it's, it's actually threefold. Discern one, the body of Christ. Yeah, broken. Discern his body. Think about it. And those items in your life, as you examine, you're like, man, this item is here because of what Jesus did. Man, I got to attribute that to Jesus. Jesus, thank you. I recognize that good thing in my life. That was Jesus, man. Wow. But there's this thing over here, man. It was like unnoticed. It was, it was a little pen. I recognize this wasn't Jesus. But you know who paid for this? Jesus. That's yours too, God. It's all Jesus, man. Brings you to that healthy place of worship right here. Discern his body and take the things of your life and understand them through the, through the lens of Jesus. And your life is going to have a brand new kind of life. But he's the reason we live, y'all. The second thing that it's actually talking about, because that chapter goes on, discern the, the body. It says, do you know that you are a part of the body? Christ's body. It says, listen, if you take this feast and you don't discern the fact that I'm a part of you and you're a part of me, you drink judgment upon yourself. And he's talking to these people because, hey, they didn't care about the love feast because it wasn't about you, it was about me. And y'all are here to cook for me. You bring me food, you bring me drink, it's about me. And so he's calling them back and saying, hey guys, if you don't recognize that this feast is about the body and we are a body, discern your role here. What happens in your life is happening to me. Your pain is actually my pain. And if I'm not doing good, you're not doing good. If you're not doing good, I'm not doing good. We are together one in Christ. Have you discerned your place in the body before? Have you ever thought about that? I haven't spent much of my life thinking like that. I thought, well, it's up to me. It's about me. I'm here to hear a good word, transform my life, and I'll go on my life. My life is your life. We are in Christ. Discern the body, the community aspect of things. And then I believe the, the third part of that body is, in fact, my own. 
what's going on in my, my personal part of the body? How am I doing? How are you doing? As we discern these things, as we put things in the place where they need to go and they attribute worship to them, as we discern, I, wanna, I want us to remember uh, this question. Do any Arnold Schwarzenegger fans out there? Anybody like Arnold? There's like three, three guys in the room who like Arnold. I don't care. Shameless. I, I appreciate a good Arnold film, you know? And some of you, the crazy thing is, you're like, I don't even remember half of his movies, you know, because you were born in like 2014, you know? It feels weird. <laughs> I thought I would never be here, y'all. You know what I'm saying. You know. Like the average NBA player was born outside the 2000s now, right? Something like that. Like, that's crazy. Nuts. I was born in the 80s. Arnold days, you know? That's why I'm an Arnold fan, I guess. As we discern and we're like, all right, what is it that I can even do to ask myself, how do I, how do I help you today discern what it is and how to move forward? I believe an Arnold quote is what we need. And I need the help of my friend, Andrew, because it's the best Arnold impersonator that I know. And uh, if you've seen Kindergarten Cop, yep. he's interviewing children and he wants to know what their daddy does. What is the line? So he looks at them very he intensely. Looks, right? And he says, who is your daddy and what does he do? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's a gift. Everybody's got one. You got a place in the body of Christ. Come on now. If you can impersonate Arnold, there's a place for you. Man, who is your daddy and what does he do? What has he done for you? Think about it often. Think about it more often than you don't. When you're struggling, who is your daddy and what does he do? Think about that. I know you're going to hear that playing this week. I know it. I love it. I don't even care. You can hear Andrew say, who is your daddy and what does he do? Yeah. <laughs> Ask yourself that question. As you take the things of your life and you put them in the category that's needed, I'll tell you who your dad is. He forgives like none other. He comes and finds you when you've fallen off. He doesn't leave you alone. He meets you in your place of brokenness. He comes and he binds up your wounds. And Jesus told a story about this dad. And he told a story about a dad who had two sons. And you know the story. But in the story, the youngest son comes to the dad and says, hey, give me, what I, give me my inheritance. I'm peacing out. I'm going my way. And you know the story. And most people, when they preach that, we focus on the two sons and what they did in their life. But do you know what the most mind-blowing part of this story is? Is that both sons were invited to commune with the same father. And one son was so focused on his past, he said, God, Father, I, can't even, I don't even deserve to be your son. I'm just showing up to serve. 
And he says, what are you talking about? You're my son. But he was so focused on his past, he couldn't get over. And he didn't, he didn't even think about being a son. And you got the older son who's more concerned about his future that he won't even come and celebrate the return of the brother. And you know what the father says to the older son? Don't you understand that all that I ever had was yours and you were with me and I was with you? Don't you understand? You see, the real gift is not just the inheritance. It's the, it's the relationship with the father. And whether your past is a broken mess, the father's running to you. And whether you're a self-righteous jerk who doesn't want to serve others, he's coming outside to find you. I don't care who you are. Your dad loves you. Where are you at today as you examine your life? Are you focused on your past? Are you focused on the future? Are you sitting outside alone? Who is your daddy and what does he do? He's coming to you. He's running down the road for you who live in your past. He's coming to sit on the front porch with you who live in your future. Bring to him all of your cares, all of your burdens. And this is what he says. Listen, if you come today and you say, I am burdened by my past. I am burdened by my future. Jay, I'm burdened by what you just said. Listen to what he says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And, I, and you will find rest, listen to this, for your soul. Some of you need soul rest today. As you examine your heart, Bring the burdens, bring the weight, bring the heaviness to the Father. For he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What do you carry today as you examine, as you look inward to your life and it becomes the weighty thing, the thing that needs attention? You say, man, Jay, I really need to change a lot. I got to work on some stuff. I got to change my past. I got to work on my future. I just want to be different. Good. Those are all weighty things. What do you do with these weights? Bring it to him. By faith, bring it to him. Bring him all of your past. Bring him all your concern about the future. Everything. He cares for you. He loves you. He's gentle and lowly. He's humble. He's not like me. And he's not like you. He invites you in. Bring him all that you got. And then follow him and learn from him because he's so kind. He wants to transform your life and send you to others that they would experience you. Our feast being one of those experiences. Right where you are, the thing that is weighty in your life. I believe you were not meant to hold on to that. Give it to him. Let him have it. Tell him what it is.
wants to give you soul rest. And if you want to follow him, if you want to learn from him, here's here's the prayer this week that I want to invite you into. Dad, what would you do? What would you do? And choose to do nothing but what he would do. Every single moment of your day, when you don't know what to do at the grocery store, Father, what would you do in here? When you don't know what to do at work because your boss has been a jerk, Father, what would you do? Show me. And then move in faith and watch what he does. And then next week, come and tell us what he does because I promise you by faith, you're gonna see mountains moved. You're gonna see miracles happen when you, de- when you decide to surrender to him follow his ways and just do what dad does. Father, we want to do what you have done for us. We want to be transformed. We want you to move our feet in faith. We want you to transform our mind to think like you. God, we want you to transform our hearts to feel like you, God. Open up our eyes to see people the way that you do. Give us your heart of gentleness and your compassion as you've had compassion upon us. Father, may we not think of ourselves higher than we ought to because we're a work in progress. And if there is transformation, Father, we simply know this, that you came and found us and transformed our lives. So all the praise to you, all the awe to you. And Lord, I pray that you would awaken our hearts and our minds to worship you every single morning because your mercy is brand new, God. And Lord, as we feast today, I pray that we would think of you. What would you have us do now? Who would you have us encourage? Who would you have us help? Who would you have us pick up? Who would you have us see? And might we see you in all of it? In Jesus' name.